welcome to a new episode of Time to Shine. This is your host, Oscar Santolaya. Time to Shine presents you interviews with successful public speakers who share their experience and secrets with you in a weekly podcast. Hello and thank you for joining us today. I'm ready to present you an amazing topic with an amazing uh, guest. Many times in the business world, when you ask a speaker that you admire or you have heard, in many cases, is the CEO of a company. So we are going to talk about the world of the public speaking for the CEOs. And for that, we have a really special guest, Dab the Secret Weapon. Narges Nirumbala is a world-renowned leadership communication expert, international speaker, and author of the book, Capture the Spotlight. One of the top 100 leadership experts to follow on Twitter, she is the CEO of Executive Speech Coaching International. A trusted advisor to CEOs, Narges works with executives and leadership teams to help them find their authentic voice. Hello, Narges. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Oscar. I'm excited to be here. I'm really happy to be here. I'm really excited to hear about your all your experience about coaching CEOs in public speaking. So could you start telling us a little bit more about yourself? Wow, that's a big question. <laughs> okay, so I I'm really driven by passion because as you said, Oftentimes, the people we admire most and we hear from most are the CEOs or heads of companies. And it's absolutely mandatory when you're a CEO, whether it's a small or big company or even a public figure, an elected public official, the head of a charity or charitable organization, mm -hmm. that you're able to speak effectively in public, that you're able to speak well at a keynote at a conference, or you might be doing a media scrum after the conference, speaking to the media, it's all public speaking. I always tell people the only time it's private speaking is when you're in the bathroom looking in the mirror practicing. <laughs> and I know people laugh, but that's true. Every other time, whether it's you and one or two other people, it's public speaking because you are impacting someone else. So it's public speaking. Um, and that's my passion because I believe that our leaders have such a tremendous impact on our everyday lives. And one wrong sentence in one media interview or one wrong sentence spoken maybe at a meeting and you think, oh, no one's paying attention. Everyone has a cell phone. Everyone's on social media. It's retweeted a thousand times. It's on YouTube. So people have to be really careful. They have to be concise, clear, transparent. All those things that maybe leaders in the past really didn't need to think about when they spoke. So that's what I do. I help leaders communicate effectively. I help them create a powerful leadership brand because branding is an important part of speaking. And I help them prepare for specific public speaking situations that they're rehearsing for. So that gives you an idea of what I do. Mm -hmm. Awesome. You really sound that you have the passion that you say. And could you tell us since when you are doing this, since when you became a speaker and also coaches other speakers? So I don't know if you know my story as to how I started my business. I'll, I'll give it to you very quickly because mm -hmm. I think your listeners will be really surprised. Because when people ask me how I do what I do and how I came to do it, they don't expect the answer that I give mm -hmm. them. 
So six years ago, when the big recession hit, the whole world was in recession. And I was laid off. And I became chronically unemployed. Chronically means for a long time. I was unemployed for over six months. My EI, that's unemployment insurance, ran out. And at one point, I got, it got so bad that I thought of applying for welfare or social assistance here. And I couldn't. I was too ashamed. I was really embarrassed that I could not get even minimum wage, which here in Canada at the time was $8 an hour. I couldn't even get that kind of job. So one day, my husband and I sat down and he said, you know what? You have to do it yourself. And I realized if no one's going to hire me, I have to hire myself. I have mm-hmm. to prove to all of these people that they were wrong mm-hmm. and I have to bring it. And Oscar, that is exactly what I did. So I started my company just four or five years ago. And I did it out of pure necessity and desperation because I had to survive and because we're a two-income family. And I never looked back. I started my company from scratch. I had nothing but a really old, clunky IBM ThinkPad that's still in front of me today. I still have my beautiful 100-year-old IBM ThinkPad that I still use, and it's working. (laughs) And I didn't know anything. I didn't know anything about social media. I had about 20 contacts on LinkedIn, and I built my brand. I built my reputation. I got my first client. I got my first speaking engagement from nothing. So... That's how I went into it. I had a passion for communication. Mm -hmm. And I think I knew I had a talent for it too. And you know what happens? Life opens up an opportunity. And when talent, passion, and opportunity intersect, boom. That's when you have that moment. That moment of destiny, I call it. When you can accomplish something that you would never have accomplished otherwise. Mm. And that's that's what happened to me. Oh, what an amazing story. Thank you. And then I know you have written a book, uh, Capture the Spotlight. In what time you you wrote this book and what was your motivation? Well, my dad gave me the idea for, I was really enjoying doing blog posts for my new business. Mm. And he gave me the idea. He said, you know, you write well. You could compile some of these blog posts, add some structure and put it in a mm-hmm. in an introductory book. And I always give him credit for that because he was absolutely right. It was a great idea. So I took some of my old blog posts that are no longer up, actually, and I compiled them into the book and I added more content and structure. And it's meant to be an easy-to-read, simple appetizer. So you know when you order a meal, you've got appetizers, entrees, and desserts. This is an appetizer book. It's short. It's easy to read. Anyone can read it. So a high school student or a CEO, you can open it on any page and you will find something that will help you become a better speaker if you implement it. So it's meant to be an easy to read, simple guide to improving the way you speak in public. Hmm. Another very interesting story you are sharing that you build your book based on a blog post that you were regularly mm-hmm. writing, right? So it's like, so a great idea for guys who want to write a book in the, in the future, no? So start with. Absolutely. Small, small. And it's your own writing anyway, right? It, mm-hmm. it's, and I knew I was going to upgrade my website at some point, And so we would lose all those blog posts. And that's exactly what happened. We, I completely upgraded my website a year after that, and all those blog posts are now gone. So they're now in the book. So I've saved them and they're there. Plus I added at least 50% new content. So it's a good way to begin if you mm-hmm. are writing your first book. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a definitely great idea. And now going to talk about the CEOs 
If you think of a, a CEO, what do you expect of this person as a spokesperson? What do you expect from them? Well, that's, that's an excellent question. And I, I think about this a lot. And there's four C's that I expect when you're a CEO as a spokesperson. Mm -hmm. So you need to be confident. You need to be mm -hmm. clear. You need to be concise. And you need to be compassionate. And the last one is often what throws the CEOs for a loop. Because in order to be compassionate when you speak, you have to show people that you have emotional intelligence. Your emotional intelligence, not your analytical intelligence, mm -hmm. your emotional intelligence needs to be on display when you, when you're a CEO and you speak. And that is where I'm often challenged with my clients. And that's where I challenge them because they really have not been asked to tap into that before. Mm -hmm. It's been more about their technical expertise, sure. but as a leader of people, You must be able to inspire, to engage. Mm -hmm. And that is where I am an A+. Plus. That is where I rock at helping my CEO and executive clients to learn how to engage, to inspire, to motivate, to be compassionate, and to really access and display their emotional awareness and intelligence. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's true. Because uh, but by being a leader, not only of a business, but a leader of a group of people, normally a very mm. big group of people, you have you need this uh, compassion element that you that you mentioned. Yeah. And if we compare a CEO with other executives, uh, like mid-level executive, or also an expert in the can be in business, also, what are the main difference and how they can communicate? They should communicate. Well, I think I think communication is important for everyone on all levels and in all fields. Number one, but I think for a CEO or the head of a company or anyone who's in charge of a project or a team, it's much more important that you communicate well, because as a CEO or even a head of a charity or a public mm -hmm. figure, you are on display, you are in the spotlight, you are in public. And as such, you need to be, as we were talking about earlier, you need to be transparent, you need to be visible, and there is a natural spotlight that falls on you the higher up you go in an organization. And so I would say the higher up you go, the more important communication and speaking becomes. And as people realize that, they come to work with me. But I think initially they don't realize it. But as they start to move up, I have many mid-level people that work with me too mm -hmm. because they've come to realize that that natural spotlight, they want more of it. They want more mm -hmm. of the natural spotlight to fall on them. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're the biggest kept secret in your company. The best way to not be the biggest kept secret in your company and to move up is through communication and speaking and through building your personal leadership brand. And that's what I help people do. So I think it's important for everyone, but as you move up, it becomes more important. Mm -hmm. Okay. If, if you, you told me already that some, even the mid-level executives come to you and ask mm. for coaching. And if you think only the CEOs, the one who already have this, uh, this, uh, the, the top level of in, in business, normally they already think difference in, in terms of public speaking. How, How is it normally if you could think on all the CEOs, let's say, in the world? Hmm, that's a tough one. I think, 
I think CEOs see it as a necessity. So when they come to me, they realize, and sometimes Oscar, I'm training the whole leadership team. That's mm -hmm. often easier because sometimes I, I'll get a call from a CEO and he'll say, actually, the COO wanted, wants to be trained too. And I'm like, well, it's easier for me to come in and train the whole leadership team and bring everyone up. And it's often more cost-effective for the organization too. It's more cost-effective because I'm in there and it's like laser surgery and we all work together at the same time. It becomes a team-building experience too. Mm -hmm. So I think CEOs see communication as vital. I think there was actually a study that I read about in a Forbes article that said mm -hmm. that for executives, other than your area of expertise, the single biggest predictor of your success is your ability to communicate. And so I think executives are so acutely aware of this, whereas often people who are working their way up the corporate food chain don't know that yet. They don't know that it's as important as it is. They don't understand that one keynote at one conference mm. can open so many doors, whereas a CEO does. So when they come to me or when the leadership team comes to me, they're aware of that. They know that all their executives need to be absolutely amazing spokespeople. You see, I don't think it's just the CEO, Oscar. I think mm -hmm. it's the COO, the CFO, sure. the CMO, the CIO. All of the C-suite need to be effective spokespeople for their company. All the board members and advisory board members need to be effective too. All of those teams need to be effective and need to lead by example that way. Mm -hmm. And of course, you said that can be uh, cost effective, but I think the, another benefit of uh, training the top team uh, all together is that they really will communicate better inside the team also. That's something that in many, many cases doesn't happen. Can be, you can have a few uh, top executives, CEO, and some of the others that are very good or asking for help, like or with coaches like you. But they cannot be uh, completely doing good communication with the rest of the team, the, the top management team. So it's also a, a great thing what you are saying. Yeah, you... that's a really good point. That's mm -hmm. a really good point. And if you can give me examples of speakers, uh, CEOs that you admire as speakers, could you give me some examples? This is a tough one. I, Of course, I admire Steve Jobs. I do. I think everyone does as a speaker, as a presenter. He was an interesting person. I have his huge biography at home. And so I love Steve Jobs. I also love Darren Hardy, the head of Success Magazine. He's a thought leader. He's a writer. He's an excellent speaker. Uh, I also, I'm a huge fan of thought leaders. Mm -hmm. So CEO thought leaders, people like Seth Godin, mm -hmm. Renee Brown, Simon Sinek, Malcolm Gladwell. I wouldn't say they're all necessarily the best speakers, but what I like is the depth of knowledge they bring. Mm -hmm. I like that they ask questions that challenge us. I like anything that challenges me. That's what I really like. I think your, your responsibility as a leader is, is now to be a thought leader, to mm -hmm. be Someone that challenges people, someone that opens up their mind and their heart to new ideas, new ways of thinking, someone who has innovative thoughts and ideas. And those leaders have that. And so I really appreciate them, not just as, as speakers, but as writers too. Like Malcolm Gladwell, I don't think is, I hope he's not listening. I don't think he's the most amazing speaker, but I love his books. 
and I've, I've read all of them. They're amazing. So I think it's, it's the thought leadership that I'm really drawn to. It's the culmination of all the work put together, not just the speaking. Yeah, that's a, that's an excellent answer from you. Definitely the top leaders and uh, some of them are CEOs. Normally, uh, many cases they are not CEO for like a big corporations, but they are uh, leading organization and they are with their comments, opinions, being a top leader are really leading people and bringing, uh, being in movement. Uh -huh. Yes. And what is, for instance, your opinion on, on CEOs or top executives having a speech writer? Have you done that yourself? So that's that's another really good question. I and I've been asked this many times before by by executives. So I don't believe in doing it for an executive from scratch because I believe that they need to have a say and it needs to be their voice at the end of the day. Their words, their voice and their impact. However, If a CEO or executive comes to me and gives me a brain dump on paper and says, okay, these are the ideas I have, what do you think? I will help him, him or her tighten it, rewrite it, edit it, make it much more effective. Absolutely. So we can work to edit and make it effective. But I believe that you shouldn't have a speechwriter or communications person that does the whole thing for you. Because then it sounds fake. It becomes canned, completely canned. And the only time I think canned is good is when I think often people have to do canned sales presentations where they have to do the same thing over and mm -hmm. over and over. I had one client that had to do the same sales presentation to different groups over 50 times in the year. And that can be really frustrating. Mm -hmm. And it had to be canned by communications and marketing. And I totally understand that because you don't want to get the numbers or the prices or any of the, any of the little details wrong. But where you have the ability to have input and do it yourself, you should try. You should try to begin yourself. And then if you need help from someone like me or from your communications team, that's totally fine. Mm -hmm. So just for editing or for the style or what you want to say, but the, well, the main ideas. Improving it. Mm, yeah, improving. we're improving it. But the ideas, that's exactly it. Mm. The ideas should be the executive or the leaders. So they should bring the ideas and the key points to the table. And then you can work with a speechwriter or a coach or a communications mm -hmm. team to tighten it, to improve it, like you would edit a book. Yeah, exactly. Like a book editor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And if you have some experience that you could share with us, you don't have to reveal the name maybe, but for instance, cases when you have to give a prompt piece of advice to a CEO, let's say, and that's save the CEO from a potentially bad situation. Can you give me some examples or one example? I'm happy to say there weren't any bad situations, but I had one politician who I worked with who would always breathe and pause in the wrong places. And if you, you know this from just reading and, and speaking English or any language, if you put the comma or mm -hmm. you pause in the wrong place, You can change the meaning of the sure. whole sentence. So I had one client that would do this consistently. And so we would keep having to work on it that you, it's a very small, minute detail, but it can make something sound wrong. It can make something sound disconnected. It can make you sound less credible. So we would have to keep going back and working on where to breathe where to pause. And it seemed so minute in detail, but eventually he did get it. 
But and it it wasn't like a huge negative, but it was something that I noticed right away. And it's a small thing that people don't think about. But if you put the comma or you pause in the wrong place, you change everything. Mm, yeah, that absolutely that can make really a big difference in the in the meaning of what you say. And about yourself, when you are you are speaking, which what what uh, what kind of role you you like to do the the most? I I know that you do keynotes, uh, you are a trainer, you do also the MC uh, other roles. What what you like the best? I I like them all. I love being a keynote speaker because you get to motivate and inspire. Mm. The trainer, the workshop leader often does more laser-focused training and you're imparting more knowledge and experience during the training, which I love too. And I particularly like being an MC. I probably do it less, but I like it because it's more spontaneous and it's more fun. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm a pretty fun person. So people often get to see my fun side when I'm an MC mm -hmm. for an event or a conference because you have to roll with it. Things happen, things go wrong. The event planner will tell you, okay, you need to stretch it out for 10 more minutes. They're not ready to come on and you're like, oh my God. And you're thinking, okay, what am I going to say? And it's all completely spontaneous, no matter how much you plan. And I love that. I like being an MC because it's fun, it's spontaneous, and I just like going with it. And people get to see my sense of humor that they really, I don't know if they get to see it as much in my other roles. I think my mm -hmm. other roles are quite serious and intense, but I'm a fun person. So I like showing that when I'm an MC for an event. Mm. Yeah. You also, um, I feel you are very, very warm also in the way, the way you speak, you express yourself. So I really oh. like to see, <laughs> I really like to see you as MC one day. Nargis, could you now share with us your favorite quotation? So I, wow, there's a lot of quotes I like. Um, so one I really like is by General Douglas MacArthur. I have a lot of respect for military leaders past and present because I think it's, mm -hmm. it's just such an incredibly difficult thing to do. And yet we rely on those people to keep us safe. Um, so it's by General Douglas MacArthur and it is age wrinkles the body, quitting wrinkles the soul. I'll say it again because I love mm -hmm. it so much. Age wrinkles the body, quitting wrinkles the soul. And it's so beautiful. I read it years ago and every, almost every day when I have a difficult decision or things are getting tough, I think of it. Because I think that you, one of my own quotes is just to keep going. You just keep on going. You keep on going and moving forward. You don't give up. Mm. And that's really helped me as a businesswoman. It's helped me be successful because I can be relentless and determined, and I just keep moving forward. Mm -hmm. Very powerful quotation. Yes, quite quite short, but very powerful. Could you now share with us um, what is your one book that has inspired you or influenced you and you recommend to us for, for a read? So I try and read. My new thing is to try and read more because I've become really addicted to Netflix. So every night, <laughs> unwind. I'm watching Netflix and I thought, you know what? I want to start reading again. So I've been reading this excellent book. It's by another general, a retired general, uh, General Stanley McChrystal. It was just on CNN actually the other day. Mm -hmm. And it's called Team of Teams. And it's, it's a hard book to get into at first. There's a lot of war stories in mm -hmm. that. It's a leadership book. It's on the bestseller list, I believe, on the Amazon one. It's really good. I'm on chapter three and it's engrossing. It's deep. It's intelligent. Mm 
A lot of the books that I read, uh, a lot of the books that I read, Oscar, are actually leadership books. They're the books that my clients would read. I often think, what would they be reading or what would they appreciate that I'm sure, reading? Sure. And that's what I read. So I don't necessarily read books about public speaking or presentation skills, maybe a couple of times a year, but usually I like books about leadership. And this book, Team of Teams, General Stanley McChrystal, I'm really enjoying it. It's, it's, it takes time and effort to get into, but it's worth it. Hmm. Yeah, indeed. Uh, leadership books are very, very useful uh, when you are have to speak because you have a lot of stories and, and clear messages to say. So this is a more or less recent book. It is. It's a brand new book. It's a brand a new lot book. of the books that I read are, I like to read them in the year that they're published. So mm -hmm. this just came out. I think mm -hmm. it was number 11 on the bestseller list. Oh. Yeah. Excellent. So I should finish it in a couple of days and then get another one. So I'm all excited. I love, I've really begun to love reading again. And I put the Netflix away. <laughs> you swear. <laughs> I, okay, uh, it's less. At least it's less <laughs> than it was before. Nargis, now could you share with us an exercise, something practical that, that you recommend to do it daily or weekly as a routine to shine? Okay, well, let's see. I think one of the most important things, and I know it sounds general and it sounds difficult and intangible, but it's to expand your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. So you need to push yourself. I push myself out of my comfort zone almost every day. So if, if there's something you're afraid of doing, try and do it. If there's an action you've been procrastinating and mm -hmm. putting off, take it or take a step towards it. Mm -hmm. Really push yourself to stretch the limits of what you're comfortable with and what your comfort zone is. So your courage grows because courage expands by going through fear, not avoiding it. So you need to keep pushing the boundaries of what makes you comfortable, feel a little bit more fear every day and go right through it and expand the boundaries of your courage. And so many different ways that you can do that. And for each person, it's different. For someone, it might be doing something really small. It might be bringing up an idea in a meeting. For one of my clients, it's chairing the meeting. Mm. Um, it can be something small. It can be something big. But try and do something every day or even every week. And make a note to yourself, I did it. You know, it doesn't <laughs> have to work. It doesn't have to even be a successful outcome. But failure is not failure. It's learning. So as long as you learn and you did something and you took action, it's a success in my mind. So that's what I would tell people to do because I try and do it myself and it's what I tell my clients to do. Oh, sounds very, very great piece of advice. Thanks a lot, Nargis. It has been a fascinating interview with you. I enjoy a lot talking with you, all your, all your personal story, very fascinating. And also what you could tell us about the CEOs and top executives, how the communication has to be and yeah for all the persons who are already CEOs or are climbing to be in the future as CEO this uh, interview is really really inspiring and, and and useful could you finally tell us how we can learn more about you follow you what are the best ways for that oh yes of course so my website is executive speak Spelt exactly as it sounds, .com, so executivespeak.com. Or you can follow me on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash executivespeak. My name is long and difficult to spell, Nargis Nirambala. So there are social media links. 
I'm on all the platforms. There are social media links right on my website. I'm on Twitter, Periscope, YouTube, you name it, I'm on it. So it's easier if you go to the website first and then click on the link because that way you'll spell my name right. Because otherwise it's hard for people to find. (laughs) (laughs) You're everywhere. Excellent. (laughs) Well, thank thank you you. so much. Thanks a lot. It was a pleasure talking with you and all the best. Thank you very much, Oscar. I've enjoyed being on the show. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. There are listeners of Time to Shine. This is the end of today's episode. If you like our show, please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, or for more information, visit our website, www.timetoshinepodcast.com. Welcome to listen to us again next week.